Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks. My name is Stephen Bashong. I'm associate editor at Solar Power World Magazine. On the line today is Dylan Anderson. He is senior director of project and quality engineering at Next Tracker. Thank you so much for being here today, Dylan. All right, Stephen. Thanks for having me on. So, for the people who uh, may not be familiar, um, what is Next Tracker? So, Next Tracker is a solar technology innovator. Our flagship product is a horizontal individual row cell power tracker. Uh, our primary focus is on building that tracker, low cost and most constructible on the market. Uh, we were founded in 2013, uh, and it's exciting to say since that time we've brought about a gigawatt to construction, and we have another gigawatt going on now with another gigawatt on the horizon. So let's talk a little bit about uh, why we're talking to you today. What is your history with Next Tracker, and uh, what do you think makes the company different from others on the market? Okay, so my history at Next Tracker it actually goes back about 12 years before the company started. And what I mean there is um, a lot of the folks at Next Tracker I worked with uh, starting back in 1999 at a company called Powerlight. Actually, Dan Sugar, our CEO, was president at that company. And uh, our chief marketing officer, Marco Garcia, was also at that company, as well as Tyrone, our chief operations officer. I cut my teeth in the solar market back then in 1999. Uh, we were a small, uh, small startup company, and we went on to actually develop one of the first horizontal trackers on the market and a very successful tracker. At the time, uh, it was very exciting uh, going to work there because we were constantly building the next biggest solar projects. Uh, when we started, one megawatt was a whale. Uh, we used to call it a whale back in those days. And uh, very exciting to, to break into doing one megawatt projects. Eventually, we ended up doing a five megawatt project in Germany. And our VP of operations here, uh, who manages our construction, uh, was actually the project manager on that site. Uh, and the next thing you know, we were doing 18 megawatt projects and so forth. So we all really had uh, you know, solar trackers uh, in our DNA, uh, we like to say. Um, so about five years back, uh, Tyrone Hardy, our, our chief operations officer, called me. I had been doing contract work and asked me to come in and help out. They were uh, at Solaria, a module uh, company, and they needed some work on some trackers, and they were doing some uh, construction. So I came aboard, and uh, at that time it was Solaria as a contractor, and went out, and we, uh, Solaria was doing a 2X concentrator module. And they really needed to have a, a sophisticated tracker. Uh, they, they uh, you know, you really had to make sure the concentrator module was tracking uh, in, in a, within three degrees. Yeah. So uh, at Solari, we were building both azimuth and horizontal trackers. I came in to go work on some of the construction sites, and uh, what we found was we could we could see innovations in the trackers that we thought we could apply uh, to lower the cost. Uh, to have more efficient tracking systems. And we were somewhat frustrated that when we go back to various tracker companies that we weren't getting the kind of response that we wanted. Um, you know, we, we didn't really get much, much uh, attention for these ideas that we had, and we really felt we needed to lower the cost of the trackers overall uh, just for the sake of the industry. So uh, Next Tracker was actually born out of that. At some point, uh, we realized we had the, the band strength, uh, meaning over 150 years of tractor experience with the 10 or so folks at the company. 
so we broke out Next Tracker from Solaria in 2013 and started our own tracker. That's how the company was born. What is it about all of that that makes Next Tracker different from other trackers on the market? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, get to, into the technology aspects a, a little bit later, but I'd say the uh, I'd stress the passion for the industry. I mean, one thing uh, I mentioned starting with some of these folks in 1999. Uh, Dan Sugar has been doing trackers for about 25 years. The folks when I started back in in the late 90s, I can say that that company was full of people that were very passionate about solar uh, at that time. Uh, you know, solar was very small in the market, and you really had a lot of people that were pushing to get it to be a viable technology. And that passion is carried through, um, and it and remains whole at Next Tracker. Also, we're a very boots on the ground type company, and that's something I really appreciate. We're out there in the field uh, myself. Uh, anytime there's uh, new new projects, we're out there. We're constantly looking to innovate. We want to be partnered with, with our customers right there on the site. Uh, so we take that very seriously. We take what we do very seriously, and it's a lot of fun. What about on the technology side of the equation? What uh, unique technology does Next Tracker incorporate? So central to our, our technology advancements is our balanced system. And what I mean there is our tracker is very unique in that the center of mass is at the module level, which is the center of the rotation of the tracker. Uh, the tracker's natural balance then is flat, so it requires very little power to track over. And that uh, advanced technology allowed us to work on other technologies such as the self-powered tracker. And the self-powered tracker, what that is, is um, it's something I'm very excited about, actually. Uh, as, as a solar geek, as I was saying, our, our passion for the industry is for a long time, uh, we, when we were working on trackers, we'd have to bring the AC power out to the motor to power the tracker. And that was because of the load required. Uh, we weren't, we'd often talk to people to say, hey, I don't understand, you have this DC power plant, why can't you power the tracker from the solar modules themselves? And for a number of reasons, uh, including cost and, and the power demand, uh, it just wasn't viable. So. You know, we we were very excited at Next Tracker when we were able to bring the self-powered tracker to market, and the first projects are going into installation these days. Uh, so, because of our our system being an individual row, not a linked system, and because of that low demand on the row, to uh, we were able to create the self-powered tracker. We use a 30 watt module and a small controller that that uh, powers that row. And that's very exciting because that allows us to eliminate the AC cabling, uh, the communication cabling. It works over a wireless uh, network. Um, so we have a, a network control unit back at the equipment pad that runs uh, 100 nodes. That allows, allows us to power 99 rows of trackers and one weather station. Uh, 99 rows of trackers is approximately 2.5 megawatts. Uh, so we, we've been very excited to bring that advanced technology to market. So that started, like I said, with the self-balance system. How does uh, the self-powered tracker impact labor and associated costs? Sure. Well, there are a number of ways. Um, the tracker itself, like I said, the individual row is uh, we're 
that was a primary focus for our tracker when we started the company. That allows for uh, various aspects of, of constructability uh, improvements and efficiency, as well as in the O&M phase. In the construction phase, uh, when I've been out of the site, it definitely allows uh, your equipment to drive through the, the system easier as you construct. You don't have a linked row that the crew is moving around. Uh, you can, when we spread out our modules, you're not avoiding that equipment. You can drive through the array. So that's a unique aspect. As well as the, uh, like I mentioned with the self-powered tracker, not running the AC cabling, not running the communication. Uh, that is not only cost savings on the front end in materials, but then you're saving that labor. You can actually install the self-powered uh, controller box using the same crew that's doing the mechanical installation. You don't necessarily have to use uh, electrician labor. So there's cost savings all around uh, with that new improvement in technology. We talked a little bit before uh, this call, and uh, I know that you've been charged with working on RFIs from some of your developer partners. Uh, what can you tell me about the types of questions they're asking and how that relates to the quality of the tracker? So in my current position, uh, I'm managing the group that does our project engineering as well as our quality engineering. So that includes uh, the documentation management for the project site. Uh, when we're in construction phase, if there's uh, RFIs from the field, from the contractors, that comes into my group. Uh, essentially, the way it works is we have technicians on the ground, out in the field. They're there to support by answering any front-end questions that, that you know, maybe are very easy, easier questions to answer right in the field and support in the construction of the tracker. Uh, if they can't answer the question, it, it moves, it filters to the project manager. And if there's a, an engineering question that needs support, it comes to my team. Um, I take that part of my job very seriously because I've actually spent a lot of my years out in the field. And now that I'm managing this team, um, fast response is, is one of the things that we really pride ourselves in. So we, when we get questions from the field, it comes to our team. And if we need a, a quick engineering solution, uh, we work on that very quickly and get the response back out to the field. Uh, or simply if there's questions on, on the installation of the tracker itself, uh, we, can, we can help the contractor in means and methods and approving their means and methods. Great. So you uh, touched on this just a little bit ago, uh, the maintenance side of the uh, tracker. But uh, short and long term, can you tell me more about what developers should expect uh, when it comes to maintenance for the next tracker? Sure. Uh, so about 40% of operation and maintenance costs is actually in vegetation management and cleaning of the modules. So uh, when we were first developing the tracker, we really wanted to come up with a way that we could improve on that. And in, in store, you know, a lot of people really focus on that front-end cost, and so much goes into the development of the project and the initial cost of construction. And the O&M phase can can become sort of an afterthought. Uh, and we really wanted to focus on that cost savings and, and look at the overall lifetime of the project. So uh, with our individual rows and the, your ability to drive north and south through the row after we've constructed the project, you can reduce, uh, you can drive through the row and we actually have a, a stowing method that we call the maintenance where we can turn the individual trackers east and west. 
So you can drive down the row north to south and have the, the trackers on your right and left turn facing you, which allows you to wash both tracker rows at the same time. Whereas if you have a linked system, you cannot do that. Furthermore, you can, you can continue to drive north through the entire tracker, turn, skip a row, and then drive back south through uh, you know, two rows adjacent to that row you just drove down. It reduces, you, you don't have to drive halfway through a row hit the linked uh, cross members and turn around and drive back, you know, reverse back. It's, it's hard to quantify exactly what the savings are, but you can imagine uh, how much faster you can wash the system. I know that the first projects that we built out in, in Chile, or the first large utility-scale projects, the feedback I've received is that it's great, it's so much easier to wash, it's so much faster and more efficient. So that kind of savings is huge. And just like the washing of the system, it's the same for uh, maintaining the landscape. If you have uh, lawn mowers or that kind of equipment, you, you have that same uh, savings as you uh, keep the landscape down. Is there anything <laughs> else that uh, developers and EPCs should know about the next tracker before I let you go? I'd say your ideas are good ideas. <laughs> and what I mean there is we, we take the constructability aspect of the tracker very seriously. Uh, many of us have come from the field. When I started uh, working with, with uh, Dan and, and the team here, uh, actually I started building combiner boxes my first job, but pretty soon I got out into the field doing actual the labor, installing modules. I became a construction manager and then later a project manager and managing the budget, as well as uh, our director of operations here. We have an EPC background, so we really take the, the constructability aspects seriously. And uh, so when I was out in the field in the past and I would have good ideas or what I thought were good ideas, I hope they were, I would want to you know, come back and, and implement those ideas into our engineering or work with the engineering team to do that. And uh, I was at a smaller company where we could do that originally and so it got to a behemoth company. It was hard to implement those kind of ideas. One thing that really excited me when I started with Next Tracker, the very first system I was on, uh, we had some uh, constructability issues with our peers. We didn't have a lot of flexibility in our tolerance. It's really hard to drive the peers and, and be able to construct the tracker. And I worked with our CTO, and we quickly came up with some ideas of what we could do to improve it. And by the Next Tracker I built, those ideas had been tested out, implemented, and we had a new product. And that's very exciting. So we continue to work with our contractors. If uh, during the, the construction phase, if the contractor has good ideas for what can make the, the constructability more efficient, we really listen to it, we embrace it, we, we look to implement it if, it if it's something that we think is actually more efficient. Uh, we like to bring the contractors in after a project and do uh, what we call post-mortem and really listen to what the contractors have to say. And, you know, we really strive to have the most constructible and efficient and lowest cost tracker on the market, not only, you know, for the benefit of our company, but we're really solar geeks and we, we constantly want to push the, the industry itself. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us uh, today, uh, sharing all of this uh, great information about Next Tracker. All right, Stephen, I really appreciate the time. And uh, if anyone wants to check out more about Next Tracker, you can go to nexttracker.com. We'd love to hear from you. Great. 
My name is Stephen Bashong. I'm associate editor at Solar Power World. This has been Solar Speaks. Thank you for listening. Thank you.